All right. You know, I got... Do you want to make a little bit of noise while we're recording? Should that just be the intro? The new <laughs> intro music? Bob opening a piece of candy? What? <laughs> Dying to shove it in his face? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. You're making it personal, aren't you? Yeah. You're, you're just being... You're being cruel. All I, right. Fine. I've got to defend myself. Oh, oh. Kiss my, my candy-loving butt. <laughs> Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Yes, you are. Yes. Welcome to beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. We're still not in downtown. We're close enough. <laughs> what are you, like a tester? You have to be precise, for God's sake? It's beneficial. To be precise. Precision is nice. Precision. Okay. All right. We're not. We're, we're actually 3.892 kilometers <laughs> from downtown. Let me check that on Google Maps. Oh, please. Please verify. We need an order. Do you want as the grove flies or walking directions, driving directions? Oh, my God. Mass transit directions? I want it as the crow flies up your nose is what I wanted. <laughs> the nose. Thank you. That's very generous. I was expecting worse. Oh, everyone. I want you to look in the Metacast. There's a picture of my esteemed colleague on the Metacast with a little sneer on his face. So I don't think we've ever uh, exposed Josh Anderson. Uh, oh, I've been exposed. Yeah, but we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but we've never exposed a picture of you, I don't think. Uh, I've been seen in the wild. Have you been seen? Maybe not on our website. Would you please stop? I mean, now I'm getting all these mental images that are just horrible. <laughs> there, I'm like, I'll never be the same Bob Kaylin again. I can't look at you. Um, so there's a picture of Josh on the Metacast. Did you? I, I'm looking at the at the uh, stickers over here. Did you send a sticker to that young man that gave us? I a... have yet to get an address from him. Yeah, so I'm waiting for a direct message. Uh, what was his name? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. I remember. It, a young, a young it might have been Vic. Was it might have been Vic. Vic from suggested a couple coffee a couple episodes ago. Yeah, so Vic, get us your address so we can send you a prize, man. Come yes. on. And anyone else, we're we're bribing people to give us feedback. We are. For God's sake. Very expensive. Very elaborate stickers. It's not that. It's not that easy. So what's our topic today, Josh? You mentioned something about a Three Amigos, and you felt like I'd heard that before, and we talked about it before, but I'm drawing a blank. It could be my advanced age. I, oh, everyone, Josh just turned 40. Yep. Uh, and he looks 40. Actually, he looks 50. <laughs> he looks old. <laughs> He's starting to hunch over. I mean, it's just before my eyes. Congratulations. That's, Thank you. That's a wonderful milestone, Josh. I Roy. keep telling myself I'm... 40% of the way there. So you're I'm getting, still not even halfway. But you're getting better, right? That's what I tell myself <laughs> oh, every day. I, could I say that with a straight? Let me try that again. But you're getting better, Josh. <laughs> they tell me that. I just turned. So Josh and my birthdays are uh, one day apart. I'm the August 17th and you're August 18th. Yep. Right? I can't believe it. It's like we're brothers. It is. We're Leos. Just 80 years apart. It's well. I'm. I turned fifty nine. Oh, so next year's the big one. The big. Well, they're all big ones as far, <laughs> and I want to ignore every one of them, where I'm at. But I'm nineteen years, so nineteen years older than you. Mm -hmm. So, so we have like a twenty year gap between us. Uh, I know Metacasters, you can't tell that we're so we're like two peas in a pod. All the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> what Wait, that's the strangest looking pot I've ever seen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a short aspect to it and there's a tall <laughs> aspect to it. So the three amigos. I better I better stay. <laughs> I better get off the personal anecdotes. Um, there's a guy in D.C. called George Dinwiddie. Um, and I like his name. I just like saying it, Dinwiddie. And George, um, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, I think wrote something. Um, and I've done a blog post about the Three Amigos, so uh, I'll make sure that we connect that to the to this Metacast. Mm-hmm. Uh, George came up with this paradigm where he said there should be three Amigos that hover around every story. And his Amigos were the customer slash product owner, right. the developer or developers, and the tester or testers. And, and those, that's, that's the Amigos, those functional silos, if you will. And um, he talked about the collaboration that happens um, with it. And he talked about having those different, uh, what, different perspectives. So you have the customer value perspective, you have the cute, the quality perspective, the testability perspective, like how will I test this? Right. And why? Why are we even doing it? So testers very often ask, developers don't often ask why. They, they ask how are, how are we going to implement it? But not the, the not the why. So testers are asking the why, challenging the product owner. Developers are talking about design, mm-hmm. uh, and you create these conversations. So the three amigos is a, a sort of a conversation paradigm. You know that the three C's of a user story. Right. So the three amigos hover around the conversation C on a story. Uh, now extending it from what George was saying, in the last couple of years, I've heard people talk about having three amigos meetings where uh, as part of grooming or refinement, the Amigos get together. Mm-hmm. And, and literally, teams pick the Amigos for each story, and they have little meetings around it. So in, you can groom in a meeting, in a large scale, you know, the whole team meeting. Right. But you also have, you know, we might say this story needs Amigos to explore it offline and then bring it to the next grooming meeting. So we would look for volunteers and say, you know, who are the three Amigos for this? Clearly it's the product owner. Mm-hmm. But who is going to be the developer champion, if you will, or amigo, and the tester amigo? And they would get off off. They would go offline, and they would just talk about that story. Right. Uh, they might update it in whatever system you're using to maintain them. They bring it back to grooming. That happens as part of the grooming process. The amigos also take it on in the sprint, right? So the amigos. So the same people that refine it are responsible for the execution. It's not dictated that way, but it's sort of. It kind of makes sense. It right? kind of makes sense. They, but it's they they huddle, and they huddle whenever there's questions, whenever you need clarity, and you would always huddle as a group. So, um, in the book, Mary Thorne and I uh, wrote uh, the three uh, the three pillars of agile quality and testing. Product placement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But Mary had a story that she had a story about a tester who felt left out, mm-hmm. and she was talking amigos. But this tester was always left. the developer and the product owner always got together, and they never brought the tester, and they sort of alienated, not maliciously, but they just didn't right. include the tester. And the tester then, when that story was ready for release, the tester found bugs, and and they were out of connection with the evolution of the story. Mm-hmm. And Mary kept coaching the tester, saying, three amigos, three amigos, three amigos." Finally, the tester brought it up at the release retrospective, and then the next release started really emphasizing it, and the developer and the product developers and product owners included them, and they had much better results. Not only was the tester happier, they felt like they were included. So you know, it's like you're listening into the co- all the conversations around the story are amigo based, 
and it's it's not exclusive. So you would you would just say if you and I were going to talk about it, you're the developer, I'm the product owner. Right. It would remind us that hey, we need to include Sally. Right. Or, or Joe. Yeah, that's good. So the one thing I was going to ask you is, in all your travels, across these Vast. tens of years, oh, decades, we, nicely done. centuries. Uh, no, uh, not centuries, but decades. Well, but. you've crossed. We've both crossed centuries. True. True. We both cross millennia. You are you are precise today, man. You're <laughs> top, you're on top. I don't know what's going you're on. You're on top of your game. <laughs> so, so the thing I was going to ask is, do you find that one of the amigos is most commonly left out or underrepresented across? Like, do you think? I have a guess on things I've seen. Just wanted to get your input on I, one I, of those. I think. I mean, the tester is typically. If if I was guessing as to the ranking. Testers are typically excluded from everything, right? Right in waterfall, and it's thrown over the wall to them, and then they scramble to figure out what's going on. So the amigos helps, and George uh, Dinwiddie has a testing-ish consulting background. Okay, and so I think he was he was probably thinking about so it's it from a good that. tool from that angle. But I've also seen teams uh, sort of not engage the product owner because they're busy, right? So I, I would I would rank order. I would say the product owner gets left out. Uh, or be, almost by choice sometimes. It's right. like, I'm too busy, I'm not available, et cetera. Where the Migos would say, suck it up, get your butt in here. Yeah. And you're, you're a member of this small little triumvirate, mm -hmm. and we're not going to get it done. I've seen Amigos in definition of done, like the reference that we're going to really? we're gonna do Amigo stuff. right? Okay. We're going to be Amigo-like. We're not going to leave people behind. Right. So I've seen them do that. No, literally, when I say a meeting, teams build it as part of the, so part of the grooming is that amigos just just flare up? So every story has amigos declared around the story. Um, it's not a direct connection, but I used to at a couple of companies. I haven't done it. I haven't seen it for a while, but have the notion of a story lead. If yeah. You, if you've ever, I think you guys do something like that here, don't we've you? We've toyed with different ideas like that, and we've had story leads like that. So George never mentioned it as a story lead thing, but I, I've seen this notion of someone who's the care and. You know the caretaker of a story from conception to delivery. Uh, I think the amigos sort of complement that mm -hmm. that notion. Uh, and the amigos are actually, if I would say, there's a story owner. The amigos own the story, right? That whoever's doing that, and they guide it through. And they would they would sort of they would answer every you know anything that needs to be clarified. They're going to drive that. So reactions. So I've done it both ways. When I had a larger than normal squad we've talked about it in my last company we had like a 12 or 13 person squad that we almost amigoed out based on technical focus so we were a mobile shop we had ios android in the back end each of those subsets would go off and refine their stories and bring it back to the whole group for planning and refinement or everything there because it just felt wasteful to have folks that weren't contributing just sitting there listening to refinement of stuff that they didn't really they weren't able to add value on because it wasn't their core skills. So we've done that. And then here at the dude, we've, we've done a more traditional holistic squad refinement, but we've talked about having little breakout teams that go off and refine and kind of own a story, kind of like the, the story lead thing that you mentioned. Yeah. We've experimented with that a little bit. And I think we're gaining a little momentum where this actually might be very timely for us to dip our toe and, 
an amigo approach, right? It might be something for, for us to just heal because we're really trying to ratchet up the refinement because we've recognized there's some things around stories that we can do better. That's why I reach out to you about maybe we need a story writing workshop here and have you come in yep. and help us tighten that up a little bit. So those might be tools we could use to, to, to get that next level because we're pretty darn good, but we, but we really want to take that next step because we know we can get better we're just kind of stuck and we seem to be having a lot of issues where ACs aren't as tight as they should be. Yep. I, I think the uh, the Amigos replaces grooming in some way, uh, meaning uh, the grooming or refinement sessions are shorter Yeah. Uh, and they're much more focused and it's much more of a sync point. So instead of... Um, so it's a sync point for the team to catch up with the Amigos think about that story. So I just want to be clear that that the big whole squad grooming is shorter, but yeah. still there's at least the same amount of effort put into refining each story. Would you say that's correct? Correct, but it's, okay. at, but it's at an Amigo level. Yeah, okay. And you can have multiple developers, so literally it's not just three people. It could be a front-end developer, a back-end developer. It could be an architect. It's the roles. It's the roles around the, the requisite for the story. So if you have a complex story, you would have more Amigos, if you right. will, right? And the team would decide. What, what's necessary and you could decide on three amigos and then the team that small group could pull someone else in and say we need an architectural view right for this story well they pull them in but it's just for that story what i mean by shorter is the the backlog refinement is much more just of a general sharing a sync point right. like here's a five you know the amigos would read out this is what we think so then do they do the pointing as well yeah, yeah they do they they can do whatever they want to do they're doing pointing they're identifying spikes they could do with the spike right but from a traditional that set of amigos would point and come back and say okay squad we've pointed this it's a five and and the and they would talk about the why, and, okay. if, and they would listen to the team. Okay. And if the team rounded up to eight, that would be fine. But the Amigos would start that. They would bring back stories. They would bring back points. They would bring back any clarity that they had. Uh, so they're doing, the Amigos are doing refinement, sort of, or clarification on their own. Again, that you know that view of readiness? Yeah. So, you know, you're trying to get, somehow the team is responsible for getting stories ready for execution right. in the sprint. In typical grooming, it's what, 80% big team, 20% small little groups or individuals or something. Let's just say that it's yeah. mostly a team function. In this case, it probably flips it around. Okay. It, it would be 80% little amigo groupings trying to just trying to drive the stories through and 20% team synchronization. So have you put this in place before? I've seen, I don't, I don't typically, I talk about it so I don't think it's something that I say, let's do this. It's as a coach, I talk about it as a technique, which is what, mm -hmm. where you were triggered. Yeah. I remind folks that it's to get these voices in play. I've always been a proponent. If you've heard me talk about grooming, I've always talked about grooming as being two parts, the meeting part and the offline activity part, Right. if you've heard me. And I actually want the offline activity to be equal to in time and effort mm -hmm. to the meeting. I, I don't want the meetings to be the whole focus, right. like get everyone in a room and just talk about things. Yeah, there's a lot of waste there. There's a lot of waste there. So I, I've always wanted it to be 50-50. The problem, the Amigos complement that, or at least 50-50. Uh, they complement that to be more inclusive, and that's that's what I like. It also sort of complements the story lead view, if you mm -hmm. like, like having a story lead. Um, so I just I throw I I tee it up to the team and say, here's an idea. What do you think? 
usually teams gravitate, they, they normally gravitate to it and they start using the language and it just becomes a complimentary way. Yeah, they, I wonder if it's a thing that sticks for a while or if it's like a corrective action that gets the group communicating the way they should and being fully inclusive. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't seen it go away. Okay. But I haven't been around that long. Yeah. You know, I could I could see that it naturally sort of, you know, goes away as the team just naturally collaborates. Right. Um, if you've seen that, what is it, the mob programming thing? I don't know if we talked about that. You mentioned it before. There's that mob, you know, there's that mob, the notion of mob programming where an entire team does one story at a time. Mm-hmm. The, thus the mob, right? So essentially they're, you know, the entire team is amigos around the story. So you're sort of leaning to that way of where we have a small relevant set of folks who are just what focusing on a small set of stories. Right. You hit something though that I think is important. It it does it does almost predict who's going to work on it in the sprint. Yeah, so that's where I was getting a little nervous. Just things yeah. I've seen in the past is do you end up with like four or five little mini squads and little clicks almost do you need to rotate I think it would be representative I think it would be a danger of the so there's probably a hundred bad smells for the amigos yeah the team lead is always you know so let's say a team lead type person always wants to be on on each of wants to be a member of the yeah amigos, wants to be on everything wants to be on everything I, I've seen that smell uh, the ex you know the non inclusive smell where it's the developer and the product owner or the developer is the lead amigo. Right. The product owner is the secondary amigo, and the tester is the you know the out you know we'll think about you every once in a while. Right. So there there are some bad smells. You can I, again I think as a coach, it's just guiding collaboration. Right. Yeah, you've got to have your finger on the pulse there and manage that and have Correct. an eye on it. But that's something that could. You've got to pay attention to it. You can't just set it in motion and walk away. There's a responsibility. In being that having the three amigos, did you ever notice in grooming sessions, at least in in my, you know, people don't talk. The the you know the leader talks. Yeah, or the, we're working on that. Right, and the testers don't weigh in, or they'll weigh in, but they weigh in superficially. Mm-hmm. They'll weigh in on an estimate, but they're really not in the game, right? And and what you want is what what I want is this really in, active, engaged group that takes ownership of every story t- to the best of their ability. But rarely in the real world do you get that. Mm-hmm. Usually it's personalities come into play, skills come into play, roles come into play, and you get this less than good result. And then and then the stuff hits the fan. I mean, it always surfaces in the sprint. So right, yeah. whatever you've missed, <laughs> it sort of pops up in yep. the sprint. I think the Amigos helps that. I don't think it solves it, right? But I think, I think it sort of is a... Comp- it does force some communication that should happen that isn't happening, and it... And if you do it well and keep that leader out of everything, then voices are required, right? Somebody has to say something. Right. right? So somebody in those three amigos is going to step up. And it's not just product. What Mary was saying in, uh, in the book, there's a story that she talks about this with coaching someone, but it affects the morale of the tester. So we always focus in the Medicast. We always, you know, agile principles, and we focus on the results, and we focus on team collaboration. But, you know, sort of marginalization. Imagine you're working on a, you know, you're quote unquote working on a team. Right. But you're marginalized. And, you know, everyone's talking. They're not talking about you, but they never include you in any of the work discussions around the stories. Oh, imagine how you would feel. Right. So I think the the Amigos is sort of a balancing act 
reminder to the team of just good team play. So there's the business side of it, there's the story requirement side of it, but then there's also the aha of just, you know, don't be a jerk. Right. <laughs> don't, you know, be a team, for God's sake. Be inclusive, not yeah, exclusive. Yeah, yeah. And don't presume that someone, oh, they don't know, or we're having a design discussion, oh, they would never understand the design that we're, we're talking about now. Don't be obnoxious, don't be an ass. You right. know? Be inclusive, be a team. And, and, and even, even if that person doesn't understand. So the amigos. But they'll never learn to understand if you don't include if them. If you don't include them. And, 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 oh, by the way, you'll probably learn something from them. Right. Right. Even, even if they just ask silly questions, if you're open-minded, you're going to learn things. We're going to, you know, we're going to create better products. Uh, so I think that the Amigos is this lightweight thing. I, I've mentioned it at Velocity Partners. For us, ah, there's a twist. Very often there's a lack of, so distributed teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, or offshore, if you're doing it like it, our Velocity Partners teams are offshore. Right. Uh, and usually there's a product owner or maybe a lead architect, uh, and then there's our team. It reminds, so include, you know, being inclusive is even harder when you have a distributed team. And it's harder when you have like a client's customer relationship, right, to be truly inclusive, right. be truly in balance. So in those cases, the language really helps us. We, we can talk about that with our clients. We're like, we need to do a three. We didn't do a three amigos. Right. We need to do that. And it's so easy for our product owners. They actually forget to talk to our teams very often, our client product owners. And they, sort of the paradigm helps remind them that, you know what, I can have a discussion internally in my office, but I need to have a three amigos meeting with the developer and testers offshore in right. order to activate this story. So I, I had forgotten about that, but I think the distributed team, it really helps with distributed teams. Again, to your point, always, it's sort of an artificial way of emphasizing collaboration, uh, but I do I do think it helps. Cool. Any other reactions to it? No, I, I, it's got the wheels turning about how we could use it. Is it the right thing for us? You know, because those are some of, the, some of the things that every team wrestles with, and we're hypersensitive about that stuff. So what can we... What tools, tricks do we use? All of it. Do we use part of it? Do we introduce things like that to, to help tip us over the edge and really get to where we want to be? I still like the notion while we're talking about it, maybe a little bit of, of story leads. So I don't know if we've talked about it before. I think we may have. I waffle on that just like I waffle I, I on the that. team lead, right? Because I because I do get very fearful of that that bottleneck and other people shutting down. Right? But so, it's but it's a story lead. It's not. It's not, and anyone could be the lead. Right. So I, I still, I hear, I hear your concern. I mean, and I, I'm, I get concerned as well. But I think a variation on it is this notion of a story lead. And anyone can grab a story and take it from conception or idea to what? To delivery and to sign off uh, and, and into production or something like that. Um, you don't like that idea? You do? I waffle. I have, you ever done, on, have you ever done it? Yeah, yeah. I've done it a couple places, yeah. and it's worked reasonably well, but I think it's one of those things where it doesn't actually solve the problem. It just kind of abstracts it away. Like, like, like I've never seen it just make things wholly better. It makes them a little bit better. Like, yeah, I'm kind of glad that we did that. But it doesn't, it doesn't enforce the community because that communication can still not happen, right? Because somebody can grab that story. You know, there's no silver bullet, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I think, it, what I like about both of the ideas is it. you know how we, we functionally have blinders on very often? I'm, I'm a developer. Right. I worry about this. 
I, I think the three amigos gets us to think broader and mm -hmm. inclusively. I think even the notion of a story lead uh, makes us even think. So we're thinking concept to cash. So we, our vision, if you're, and you could be a tester and be a story lead, you could be any team member and own a story. Uh, but you would look at it from the concept phase, the product owner, writing it, the epic, all the way to getting it into production. Right. So does it, is it, you know, can we so get So you're it? saying that they operate as a product owner? In that instance, or they, they just work with the product. They owner. would work with the product, but they would they would care the minute the idea. Let's say a story pops up with a little question mark, a little light bulb on a on a three by five card. Right. That as early as possible, that story gets an owner, and then that owner is going to work with the team, with the product owner, and nurture that thing all the way through the pipeline to where the customer gives them a standing ovation. So that would be DevOps. That could be documentation. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not just Dev and Test. It could be design, it could be UX, right. it could be UAT, it could be actually, uh, the story owner would have to walk over and get a, say you were doing IT stuff, or or here. Right. You had someone who was representing the client, and for this particular story, someone said, we should do a demo. I could see the story owner taking it over. So it, it widens your purview, it widens your level of your, your vision so, to the point of, I'm not, I'm not a team, I'm not a silo. Right. So I'm not vertical, I'm horizontal. So I've seen people try and slam that responsibility into the scrum master. Ah, I think that's... I, I See, I think that's... I Yeah, I've seen folks do that as well. Right. Like dependencies. I've seen folks that try to do what the scrum master is, the dependency manager and things right. like that, lower the cross-team yeah. dependency, uh, and they're nagging the teams and things. So now I... Yes, I've seen that. And I think that's another healthy aspect where the Scrum Master can help. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Scrum Master could take the leadership or help the leads with right. impediments and things. But it, it changes that view. You know the view where you're a better team member if you've been a Scrum Master part-time? Uh, yeah, we're, one of the next moves for us is to rotate responsibilities, like Scrum Master and Product Owner responsibilities in refinement and other ceremonies so and that way you really appreciate how you, difficult that you is. appreciate how it is and it makes you a better team member yeah. i'm not trying to i think it's still good to have apo and yeah. have a scrum master Absolutely. but knowing what it's like on the other side is so easy to throw tomatoes right when, when you're not on the other side well and to just be up there and to be trying to work through a refinement and have the whole squad just stare at you with blank stares i've i've seen you know we talk about what are the you know root ways to get it better I think that's a root way to get it some of these things have the side effect yeah. where it shows you a view on the other side and you naturally become a, a better teammate right? a, a better agile collaborator etc so I'm, I wasn't pushing the team the story lead aspect and this is not team lead Medicasters don't I said it but I don't mean that uh, this is we're not talking about team leadership we're just talking about someone so a story pops up and it gets fixed or it gets implemented and it goes away that would be the story owner's life mm -hmm. cycle and then you might take a sprint off and that would be perfectly fine if you want to do yeah. that so i don't think one person you know oh the team leader is the team leader is the story leader for 20 yeah. stories yeah no that's a bad plan yeah, it's a bad plan yeah anything else did we how do we do with the amigos josh i think we did pretty good at, i i don't remember us talking about that really yeah Ah, uh, I, I, again, it's not a specific tactic, but I, I like the language. 
Yeah. I like the language. It drives some really good behaviors. It drives the good behaviors. And, and then, you know what, from my point of view, if it naturally goes away, when the behaviors become solid, well, then it naturally Yeah, it just goes becomes away. that, like, that's how you operate. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's that inclusive language. I think the story lead is the same inclusive language. Who's the? You can just ask, who's the story lead for this? But I think the nice thing about the Three Amigos is it really calls out those responsibilities. Absolutely. And you're almost forced to have those discussions, whereas you could blindly and merrily go down the story lead yep. and not do some of those things yep. unknowingly. Yep. And then you end up with a bit. Of, and you should get reminded along the way by the whole squad, but the opportunity is there, whereas the Three Amigos really forces you to think that right. through. And it's the offline. It's it's emphasizing, so it's splitting grooming or refinement to meeting time with the whole team, but it's emphasizing sort of the lean that's working small, little, efficient groups mm-hmm. as appropriate. So we're grooming in Amigos and we're grooming in meetings, but we're being efficient across the mix of those things. Right. Whereas so many teams now, I mean, they don't even do grooming, but when they do it, it's and part of that. It's part of the problem is they call everyone into a meeting and people are bored, et cetera, yeah. right? and they're not engaging. Yeah, it's really hard to not engage in an amigo. If you and I, if you're the developer and I'm the tester and the product owners sitting here, I mean, it's much harder for us to disengage. Right. Uh, as a you know, we can do it in a group. It's harder to do it in a small amigo group. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, let's stick a fork in this. We shall. Was this a lightning cast, do you think? Or? I don't know. We still did, you know, about you a half hour or so. Okay. All right. So, how do folks find us, Josh? Well, Bob, they I'm found glad you, us. I'm glad. Are you glad I'm they asking? They found. I'm very glad you cool. asked. Because cool. it's a good reminder. So, you found us somehow. So, find us there again. Our primary channels for communication are Twitter and the blog itself. So, comments or anything you can leave us. We're happy to send stickers out to those listeners that engage and say, hey, I have a problem, or this doesn't make sense to me. Can you talk it through or explain or try and help in any way? I want to give away some books, too. So it's stickers. Books and stickers. Books. So so guys and gals, get us your... uh, So rate us. I don't know, push the like buttons or whatever the heck they are and and rate us. (laughs) The biggest one I found is iTunes. So apparently... Your rating by your listeners on iTunes drives where you land in searches. So if someone were to go and search Agile Podcast, the more reviews we have, the more positive reviews we have, the higher up it's going to bubble in the search. So that will help us reach more people. So we can pay people with stickers and books to give us ratings. Cool. Sure. All right. Let's do it. So find us the way you found us. Give us all your feedback on future topics. Rate us. Uh, we reward those uh, who who give us feedback. Cool. What else we got? I think that that's it. it. Yeah. Is that it? I think we've pretty much nailed it. So from beautiful downtown, sort of, uh, Cary, North Carolina. I'm Bob Gale, <laughs> and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>